Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. And welcome to episode 261 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of May 2019, and an episode that is not going to be like the be-all, end-all discussion and deep dive for our subject matter, which is the new 2019 Ultraman anime that has been released on Netflix worldwide. But we are going to just have a conversation because Gretchen is here. Hi. And we both have seen the entire series and we both enjoyed it. Yeah. And we want to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. So we're going to probably just have a a chat about this Ultraman show. And that's going to include some spoilers. So uh, I don't have an Ultraman specific spoiler alert sounder here. (laughs) You should get the timer warning when it goes, the timer (laughs) starts. (laughs) Yeah, I I played some of that in the last episode, actually. But for this episode, we want to talk about this new Ultraman anime show. Because honestly, it was pretty rad. There's not really a ton of information out there. I was a little disappointed when I went to go try and do my standard deep dive stuff. Honestly, I was looking for someone to have already unpacked everything. (laughs) And then for me to just read off on what they had researched. But, uh, you know, we can do a little bit of that right now. Yeah. We should probably bring up a couple of housekeeping announcements right at the top of the show before we get going into the discussion. And that is, of course, that, number one, we have some awesome merch available. If you have not checked out our 18-inch by 24-inch 10th anniversary KaijuCast print, those are available through the website, KaijuCast.com. There will be a link in the show notes to that if you're interested in ordering a poster. And if you're not interested in ordering a poster, have I got good news for you. We also are running our T-Shirt of the Month Club um, project right now, I guess you could call it. And uh, essentially, we have one T-Shirt up for pre-order. And that T-Shirt is also the Tom Whelan artwork. The Kaiju Cast 10th Anniversary artwork is available on a white, clean white T-Shirt. Or you can get it on a three-quarter baseball-style raglan shirt. I like those. They're really comfy. Yeah, me too. And they've got blue sleeves to match the blue art and mm. the blue in the artwork. I don't know if it's going to be a perfect match. We'll see. But uh, so far, we have done one shirt in this project, and that was Nev's death metal logo for the Kaiju so Cast. Awesome. And those were just picked up earlier this week. I'm waiting for the bonus feature to come in the mail before I ship those out to the lucky pre-orderers. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, so then immediately after this month is over, at the end of the month, the pre-order closes and the Tom Whalen shirts will get produced. So if you want to get that pre-order in, make sure you do so before the end of May. Here's another housekeeping thing to talk about. Just very briefly, G-Fest is coming up. Lots of information is being, I'll, I'll use the word unpacked again. From the G-Fest crew, the people who run that show, and man, holy smokes, I thought I was not going to have a very busy G-Fest this year, but things have changed, yeah. I am going to be involved, I think, in seven panels. Dude. 
Yeah, you're going to be involved in one of those, though, and that is the KaijuCast yeah. talk show panel, and we have to talk about that and figure out how we're going to format that and how we're going to make it happen. <laughs> but the so idea, make it entertaining for you guys. <laughs> yeah, the idea came to me last year because all the Japanese guests, when I said, oh, I'm running the panel, you know, the translation was always talk show. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to actually do a talk show format. So hopefully we could actually get people to be on the talk show with us from the actual convention. That would be awesome. But uh, I'm going to do a brand new Collect All Monsters show there. I am going to be running the Akira Takarada panel. Oh, cool. And the Shusuke Kaneko panel. And then there's three more in the dojo studio that I'm going to be taking on, too. I'm going to leave... G-Fest with a lot of content for you listeners. <laughs> so don't you worry about me. I'll be just fine because anytime I'm not going to be at a panel, I'm pretty much going to be in the dealer's room selling shirts. Yeah, there's only like three or four panels I need you to cover for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can just put a we can put a sheet over the thing that says, sorry, Gretchen doesn't want to work the table right now. But Gretchen's <laughs> going to be there, which is awesome. Uh... This is your first G-Fest. I'm excited to see yeah. how much you like it. And uh, I've already alerted all my like friends like, hey, we're going to have a tag along and you're going to love her. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do a Kajukast listener along. party <laughs> compared to the previous years. People like David and John and James and those guys. My, oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. The guys I hang out with. You're Words. my tag along. <laughs> I've taken Gretchen under my wing. This is I'm going to train her in the G-Fest ways. I'm <laughs> <laughs> My what? Kohai. Kohai? Yeah, Senpai Kohai. Oh, see, I don't know that relationship. Mm. We will be talking more about G-Fest as the months continue, as we are leading up to that. Also, if you're unaware, you know, the next Godzilla movie comes out at the end of this month, and we are going to be doing some cool stuff. Uh, if you're in the Portland area... I will be joining Jeff and Clancy and the rest of their uh, Portland Horror Trivia group. What's it called? The Portland Horror Trivia Massacre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll be up there asking some Godzilla questions. If you're interested in that, I'll be... I, I should actually just have a link in the show notes to an event on Facebook or something like that. Totally. Uh, but we'll we'll get all that figured out. If there's any more announcements, we'll have them maybe... Uh, if I can tack them onto the end of the show, who knows? But yeah, anyway, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. It's a very busy time to be a Godzilla fan. And I think I am almost ready to talk about the Ultraman anime. What we should do before we talk about the anime is hear a small track. And actually, let's listen to Moriboshi's theme because it's pretty rad.
here suddenly surfaced right after the Snore Cluster Council had made contact. I am Bemular, the first enemy. Remember that name. I want you to be the next Ultraman. So that's how I came to have all these crazy powers. The kid doesn't understand the power he's been given. So you thought that you'd give him a little boost. What are you talking about? Who are you? My name is Dan Moroboshi. It's time you face the facts. You're not the only Ultraman. My name is Seiji Hokuto. I know that you're Ultraman. If you really are the champion of justice people say you are, then you'll save every last person here. Don't you dare make these people suffer. You're Ultraman! This audience is in for a show they'll never forget. You will finally understand this world that you have stepped into. I don't want to hurt anyone. I can save a thousand lives and it's still not enough. I can't let a single person die. That's not the Ultraman that I want to be. You know, this is not a Daikaiju discussion. This no. is just a, a, ch- a friendly chat amongst friends about this new show that came out. Um, there's not really even anything that I want to talk about in terms of like how we got here. You know, basically, the only things you know uh, that I know, the only things that we know, I guess I'd say, is because we we all learned the same information is that Netflix, I think last year announced we're going to do an anime. And then when we saw the images, it was like, oh, OK, that's from the manga mm-hmm. that came out that has been brought to uh, America by Viz. So if you're interested in reading the source material for this anime show, you can check out the manga. They've got, I think, 12 or 13 volumes out now, or it's almost caught up, I think is the deal. This anime is a hard reboot. It's like, uh, you know what it reminds me of? Did you know that when the, what we had been calling the Heisei series started, basically all of those movies started a new chronology for Godzilla that only acknowledged the very first film, the 1954 film, right? I wondered if that was the case. So like in, so 1954 was the original Godzilla movie. And then in 1984, 30 years later, that's when they did Godzilla Returns or the Return of Godzilla or just Godzilla or Godzilla 1985. And that movie ignored everything from 1955 through 1975. And then they kept that continuity through the next several films. I see. So essentially, the reason I bring that up is because the Ultraman anime takes that same tact. It basically says the very first series happened in this reality. Mm -hmm. And then once Ultraman has been defeated by Zeton, he leaves the Earth never to be seen again. And that's where we pick up our story what is it, like 20 years later or something like that? Yeah, I think it, because they didn't really set like a time, thank goodness, that they were smart enough not to ever set like, this is 1966, and this is going to be, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness, because that would have just been like, that would have messed us all up. Because <laughs> we're like, he's really old, and this kid's pretty young. I mean, he's got like a 17, 18-year-old kid. I mean, old dads happen. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like doing math anyway, especially on the <laughs> podcast. So you're not going to get any math out of me on a Saturday, young lady. But I like that, that, they, that they've taken the original. Because first up, we have been talking about a lot of different anime properties recently on yes. this podcast. We've talked about Gridman, which is also an ultra property. Right. We talked about the Godzilla anime for each of those three films. We have talked about Mazinger Z Infinity. We went and saw oh, that yeah, and right. sort of had a little chat about that, although I don't remember if that ever made it into nope. a podcast. So really, there's been a lot of anime happening in my life. Like, I'd say the uh, the amount of anime in my life has increased tenfold <laughs> since, like, I don't know, since I started the podcast. Since you started hanging out with Gretchen. Since I started hanging out with Gretchen. <laughs> Maybe that's what I needed in my life, Gretchen, was just I needed somebody to help me navigate my way through all of these new properties. And all the crazy, dumb stuff that's out there. Well, I mean, Devilman Crybaby has probably been my favorite anime thing. Reboot, I guess, or whatever resurgence that, that I'd sure. say I've seen. Uh, the Mazinger Z Infinity movie was a short second. I mean, definitely really close behind. And honestly, like... When it comes to the Godzilla anime, I was pretty vocal about how disappointing it was overall. The Ultraman anime is just another one of those properties that proves how disappointing the Godzilla movies are. The Absolutely. anime films. That's what I wanted to say. I was going to say that after seeing the Ultraman anime, I'm, I feel so robbed by that Godzilla <laughs> film. Those Godzilla, like that trilogy is just, what? Okay. So I had some questions when we originally thought that we were going to have a bigger group here. But, you yeah. know, the stalwart has appeared and that is Ji-chan. Because <laughs> uh, Gretchen's not afraid to talk about the Ultraman anime with me. Like some <laughs> of these other co-hosts. <laughs> Calling you out, Dave, on Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the questions out started with how familiar are you with the original 1966 Ultraman show? And the succeeding Ultraman series. So that's a good... That, let's just talk about that. Like, what? how familiar are you? Because you weren't on the actual Ultraman episode. Um, I'm familiar enough that I know the overall arching plot. But, like, I know it's very Monster of the Week with the first season. Mm -hmm. But I never watch it in sequential order. Um, I felt like I never lost anything from it from not because I didn't see there was, like, a huge meta plot for the first season. Okay, yeah. Other than just that him learning his abilities and... Becoming and embracing this, um, embracing yeah, Ultraman. Yeah, and I can see, I mean, I even talked about it in that Ultraman episode. Like, I kind of thought, well, you know, Ultraman's formulaic. It's not as important. And it's, but it's, it's only been recently that my eyes have been a little opened mm -hmm. to the, you know, the depth that that very first series has actually gone to. But I hear what you're saying for mm -hmm. sure. You know, so that's Ultraman. Obviously, you're familiar with Ultra Q because you were on the Ultra Q episode. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, but then after Ultraman was Ultra 7. Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen some of that. Some of that or like most of it? Or? Some of that. Yeah, I've and only seen it like a handful Ultraman of Ace. them. Oh, you have seen some of Ultraman Ace? Just a couple of episodes. I've only seen the first episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I well, the thing is like when I was Daily watching Motion. this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to go check out Daily Motion. Anyway, the deal is that I, I was uh, really interested in looking for some Ultraman Ace because I wanted to see where some of these characters showed up. Mm. And so I was like, well, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. And no, it's not streaming anywhere, except apparently on 
Daily Motion. But it isn't <laughs> subtitled on Daily Motion, so I didn't really grasp sure, the depth it, of it. I just kind of wanted to see it. I, but it visually, though. <laughs> someday, somebody should subtitle Ultraman Ace. And we'll talk about Ultraman Ace in a little bit more detail later on uh, in regards to why we're talking about Ultraman Ace. True. Um, and then I know you've seen some of the later series, too. Yeah, like Jeed. Is it Jeed? Orb, Jeed. Orb, Jeed, and um, Ultra Did you see X? X, some of Ultra X. Okay, yeah. Just because I had to go back to watch that, unfortunately, because when Jeed's um, or, like, origin has um, Ultraman X and Orb. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Yeah, see, I just didn't care for Jeed, <laughs> so I just stopped watching it. Was, it. <laughs> it was a kid's show by that point. I mean, I guess that's what Ultraman originally was. Anyways. Sure, but I mean, just for in terms of Jeed, I just found it way less enjoyable than yeah. Ultraman Orb, which was the series before it. But anyway, Agreed. that's all uh, <clears throat> that's all live action stuff. Let's talk about nice. some animated Ultraman. Uh, first up, did you know that this is not the first animated Ultraman? Yes, I did. Have you ever seen the Hanna-Barbera movie? <laughs> I've not seen. I've only seen parts of the, what's on YouTube. I've got it here no at, at the collection. I mean, in the collection, Ultraman The Adventure Begins is really like trippy for me because it's like this Japanese property that I only know from Japan stuff. Yeah. Mixed with the um, visual aesthetic from Hanna-Barbera from like the 80s. When did this come out? 87. And it's like, it hits this really perfect nostalgic that came note. came out 87? Yeah. It looks like it came out in 77. <laughs> well, you know, it's... <laughs> don't you backtalk. <laughs> a, it's Hanna-Barbera, man. <laughs> they never cut any corners ever, I'm oh sure. Oh my word. Anyway. So, yes, this is not the first time we've seen an animated Ultraman. In fact, there's also even little chibi Ultra World uh, animations, too. Super cute stuff. We might have to find some for the Ultraman watch party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, the Ultraman anime premiered in April, April 1st, I believe. And you yeah. could just watch the entire series immediately. Yeah. I watched the entire series pretty much immediately, then sort of took a break and then rewatched it all this week. I had the Portland Horror Film Festival. Stuff. You've been a busy, busy gal. So I watched <laughs> Portland Horror Film Festival and then I took time and watched Ultraman and then tell, had to tell stop. the listeners how many movies you have to watch for for the about, for the film festival. About 137 or something like that. Because you're on the panel of I'm a judge. Like, judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge panel. Yeah. There's a there's a real name for that, I'm sure. But anyway, <laughs> you choose, but you have to yeah, you had to watch all those movies. So Gretchen was a little busy. Yeah. Yeah. Because we tried to like sync up watching and I was like, oh, I gotta watch all these films first. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the deal is that this series came out and there really there's not even a ton of information on the series right now. So I don't I don't have a lot of answers. On how this whole thing came about. Yeah. But we're just, that's why we're just going to have. the property information, like how, like how Tokusatsu's like, or I mean, uh, how Super Eye Productions get paid and all that. Oh yeah. I don't have any of that information. Yeah. We definitely don't have any information on how well it did, how well it was received. Oh, that's by... a bummer. Cause it's, I mean, fundamentally the anime, like that's the thing that sold it for me was all that awesome motion capture. Oh, really? 
Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because those scenes were so good. You're talking about the action stuff. Right? Yes. The action in, in the anime is amazing. Well, I guess. So let's let's actually sort of discussion this. Was that oh, your sure. favorite part of the of the series overall? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was that was to me. That's what like hand over fist made it better than Godzilla. Because mm-hmm. there was none of that like janky yeah. um, edging that they had and like, the way the characters moved and whatnot. Sure. And I mean, so their action, yes. their action in the specifically the action in the Ultraman series was very, very, very well done. It had to be. It had to be. <laughs> but that's where it stopped outside of the action, the fighting stuff. Oh, my God. No, the <laughs> animation in this Ultraman show is not. I mean, I'm jumping into the thing I hated the most about it. Like, yeah. not that I want to treat this like a Daikaiju discussion necessarily, but basically when people are just on screen, it looks like a freaking video game. It's very flat. And I made that complaint about the Godzilla anime. Mm. This is worse. Like the Ultraman anime, when it's just regular so? characters, it's worse than the than the Godzilla anime's characters. But the action makes up for it. You know right. what I mean? The story makes up for it. It does have a good story. The characters make up for it. Oh my God, I still can't tell you any of the names of the characters in the Godzilla anime, but I can tell you all the characters in I this. I know, I know. Like I, normally I'm like, I'm more like about the the fight and the battle, you know, um, less about the human element, but mm-hmm. this has not just a human element, but an alien element. And it kind of speaks to a lot of things right now, like about immigration and whatnot. So I was like, ooh, that's that. They're like, talking about Japan's issues with, um, you know, they're having a lot of issues with um, refugee immigration stuff right now. Mm. And so I was like, ooh, that's what they're touching on with the aliens of it in the part of the city that nobody oh, could go to. Wow. Sidebar, I remember last year when we were watching Kitaro, there was a Kitaro episode that yes. had to do with refugees as well. And I was like, what is going on here? Social commentary and cartoons. That never happens. <laughs> it's a joke. It happens all the time. <laughs> so uh, overall, you liked this, right? Overall, I liked it. Yeah. How did you feel about, let's break it down into smaller pieces. How did you feel about the story elements? I like, thought it was compelling. You thought that story was compelling? Absolutely. Because this, oh, the, I mean, we're spoiling, right? We're allowed. Yeah, we're going to, so I guess what I would say is we don't need to talk about all of the nitty gritty, but don't worry about spoiling too much. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Well, I really loved the idea of these two secret organizations mm-hmm. and the the cloak and dagger aspects of those um, organizations are behind them. Okay. Like the people that the normal people think that the SSSP does not exist anymore. Right. Yes. Yes. And so they're, they're working in secret with an, another secret organization. That's a new galactic one, the alien Alliance. Camp. Yeah. That's kind of weird that there's no, that people, don't remember aliens from right? the original Ultraman. But if you if you imagine the nineteen sixty six Ultraman, I mean, you really had only a few times where everybody in the world would have known about right. an alien invasion. Balton, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> looking at you, dude. <laughs> but the yeah, anyway, so keep going. Sorry. The secret organization. Okay. Yeah, secret organization. So then we have this secret secret organization, the um alien um alliance council. Or the Star Cluster Council, Which if you're is, watching the know. dub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both watched, like, he watched some of the, you watched all the dub and then you watched. I watched all of the dub, but I watched some of it subtitled. Yeah. The Japanese, um, they call it the Alien Alliance Council. I don't know why they had to change it for the two. But 
it um that storyline and then having the and then having on top of that the Bemular sto- or Bemular storyline. Mm-hmm. So who's with what? Who's actually a good guy? Who's a bad guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the story elements in this really pretty much worked for me yeah. in total. We were kind of talking earlier about some things that felt like they may not have gone anywhere. Yeah. But we both are hoping that there's going to be a second series because we know there's more content from the manga. Yeah. So I would love to see this, you know, per- continue into yeah. a second series. I not know something more I would have about... said for the Godzilla anime. <laughs> right. Let's not do that one. I want to know more about like that prince kid that's like a stalker. That's like a Pigmon-esque looking. Yeah. I, uh, Igaru. Alien yeah. Igaru. I think yeah. is what that kid's name was. And I Slash honestly. Did, didn't he die? <laughs> he did. Adad killed him. Yeah. He did Adad. So some of the story elements that I really enjoyed in this particular anime series were the retooling of the Ultraman mythos for a modern audience. Oh yeah. So the story elements I'm talking about are things like Shinjiro not knowing about his father being Ultraman, his discovering of his abilities, his struggling with who he is as a hero yeah. versus a human. Sure. Like those kinds of things are not, they're not what you would get in the original series. No. They're much more of what you would see in a current Marvel movie. Or modern anime. Sure. And I'm not gonna, I don't know that much about the modern anime, yeah. but everything about this, this anime series, everything I'm talking about is screaming Marvel movie. Totally. Like, in what I was saying earlier to you when we were out for ramen is that this movie is Iron Man meets <laughs> Spider-Man meets Men in Black meets Ultraman. I could see that. You have. I mean, I so what I'm saying that, that I enjoy about it are not the things that ripped off the Marvel series. You know, <laughs> I'm saying like I enjoy that they've changed the they've s- sort of taken the same position where they were and pivoted the view. Right. right. So they're saying you know, now these guys are going to feel more like what current audiences expect to see in a mar in a comic book character movie. Because sure. essentially, in this series, Ultraman does not get big. If we didn't mention that earlier, this is not a giant monster series. It's definitely not. This is a um, this is a superhero series. Superhero, yeah. He's definitely a superhero. So it's it's kind of more like henshin uh, characters like Common Rider. Did you feel like that had that feel? So I didn't because I mean, only we only saw him summon his armor once. Well, I didn't feel like it was more like those, but oh, I'm saying okay. it's it is more like those in the in the fact that there's no gigantic monsters True. and everything that they called it a kaiju, but I know kaiju. It's not a die kaiju. It's just a kaiju. Right. <laughs> but the, the really like if you're t- if you're talking about like the Sentai shows. And Ultraman, like, that's the big difference between the shows. Yeah. Is that you have the giant monster battles. Yeah, yeah. And I am not, I'm not a fan of the uh, Sentai shows. I I don't dislike them, but I just have, I've watched maybe two episodes of Kamen Rider. (laughs) I've watched one episode of Kikaida. I just don't have the time to devote Uh. to to that series. 
first up, oh my God, if you're going to say, you know what, I've decided to be a Common Rider fan today. <laughs> that's like Ultraman. It kept going. Right. It kept going. It's still going today. And it's like completely, to me, completely unrecognizable from the original Common Rider design. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Sorry, listeners. But the <laughs> Ultraman series... It, what I'm saying is like they've taken away what I love the most about the original Ultraman series, which yeah. is the kaiju stuff. But that doesn't mean I hate this new series. It's just different. This new series is compelling on its own. And the story elements that are like a Marvel movie where he's very much like Spider-Man. I have in my notes here, I have so many yeah. references. There's like so many moments that are just like in Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, and I mean the movies. So you know, just grabbing one out of the, the thin air. There's one time when the pop idol is at the science museum, mm -hmm. the science patrol museum, and Shinjiro is there. And there's this whole like, oh, if you see Ultraman, would you tell him something for me? And he's like, you can tell Shinjiro is wrestling with that whole like, oh, no, I have to really be Peter Parker here, you know, and it's it's a Peter Parker, Mary Jane moment. I know I, I said Peter Parker. Obviously, we're talking about Shinjiro, but I was trying to sell that it's a just just taking the page right out of the Spider-Man totally. script and sliding it into this Ultraman Except script. that he didn't get the girl. He didn't get the girl. She just went to New York. She was like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah then... Good job, buddy. She... <laughs> <laughs> so story elements like that, I... I appreciate. Yeah. I may not like have loved them, but I can see how they're like shifting it for this modern audience, you know, yeah. shifting the tale for this modern audience. And I don't, I don't hate that. I think it's weird that like Shinjiro, when he's in the Ultraman suit, looks exactly like Tony Stark in his Iron Man suit with the heads up display around right. and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But overall, like the, I really did appreciate the modernization of the ultra tail. And it didn't bother me that they ignored the rest of the ultra canon, I guess. Cause you got to meet some of those characters. They're adding it back in different ways. Yes. Like with Morobochi. Yes. Um, Ace. Ace. <laughs> Say Ace. Seiji. Seiji Kun. Seiji Kun. Yeah. I mean, uh, so let's go to the next one. It's uh I'm curious how you enjoyed the visual style and animation. I know we touched on that a little bit already. So I loved, obviously, the the motion capture stuff was mm -hmm. spot on, perfect, beautiful. Everything I wanted it to be. I wish it carried through the entire anime, but yeah. I mean, we only can afford so much. I would imagine that they did motion capture for all the main characters, but it just has that. Oh, no, it's like if you it's just. It's not as good as it, the fighting. It definitely shifts. They spent way more on the fighting animation right. than they spent on the other animation. Well, and then one of the kaiju, the Black King, I think, mm -hmm. he looked like, I swear to, like, whatever, Godzilla, that he looked like a toy. Like, he looked like the Safubi of him. I thought that was amazing. In my opinion, I thought That's that was funny. really cool. Like, I was like, I, I, thought it was, I wonder if I thought they were that was kind to... of cheap. <laughs> really? I didn't See, think I thought he looked it was, good. I thought he looked like the toy. So but I was like, so, oh, that's cool. So all this stuff, I don't know if it's actually called ragdoll animation, but that's what it feels like. They've, yeah. got the, they've got the motion points covered in their motion capture stuff. Yeah. But so it's not like they're, let me say this a different way. 
I would imagine, because I am not a CGI expert, Mm -hmm. that they spent much less time animating those because they were less important scenes. And then when the kaiju shows up, his modeling... You didn't think he looked like a toy? I didn't think he looked great. His I mean, skin, but like texture-wise? You know, Lady like... Kyle has that bumpy issue. Oh, yeah. And she, she like, like nope. took one look at that monster and was like, I'm out of here. And so I had to watch the rest of that on my own. But I just, first up, the fact that they don't get big. Come get big. on! It's less enjoyable. He's like 10 feet tall, maybe. Yeah. Like, that's as big as it gets. Yeah. Maybe 12. Well, I think Choju, the second monster, was about was maybe like twenty feet tall or something like that. Rad. He seemed like he was a little more kaiju sized, but really, you don't get the kaiju. This is more about the aliens yeah. than it's about the kaiju. Yeah. And the the men in black elements, like the story elements, the men in black stuff that I liked is like, yes, there's a secret organization. The science patrol has actually been, you know, still around. They are not actually disbanded. They're just, you know. Hush, hush. And they are an underground secret kind of thing. They've got an alien working with them. It's just like Men in Black, yeah. you know. And there's a secret alien society. Well, and he's wearing a suit. He's I mean, wearing a, he's wearing a uh, he's my Men favorite. in Black suit. Edo is always entertaining. Remember when he was talking to Ide? Like okay. when Edo says that he's thinks it's funny that Ide can read his oh, like, yeah. laughs. Can finally I was read like, my right. face. I was like, wow. Yes. <laughs> funny stuff good stuff there's some really good like jokes in there but i mean yeah i liked it overall there's some good cliche there's some terrible anime cliches the aliens were the best part about it i mean they spent way more like so we talked about some of the aliens already yeah you you know there's Edo. he is a Mm zetonian the last of the zetonians there's not alien dada but there's adad right and so yeah Adad is so they've taken these names and cleverly in quotation marks flipped them around. So there's Adad and he was amazing. Yeah, he was cool. He was really well animated. I read that his um, American voice actor was um, somebody really famous. No, okay. Like in the voice acting community in like the anime voice dubbing. I think so. Groups. Um, I just happened across that information, but. Mm. I didn't listen to it in English, but the, in the Japanese, he was almost like Tim Curry as a Japanese person. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The aliens in general, I thought were really kind of cool and definitely sort of the coolest aspect. Uh, mentioned this. I think I mentioned this maybe outside of the recording when we were doing our Ultraman episode. Mm. But basically, the things that... Like when I first started watching Ultraman, I wasn't into it and I didn't really like the aliens. I was like, I think I was looking for something a little non um, bipedal. Yeah, and, yeah. And so uh, I just sort of like ignored them for a long time. And then when I, when I finally actually got into Ultraman, I fell in love with the alien designs and seeing the the just updated versions of them in this anime it was really cool. Yeah. Like when they're when he's walking through the town, the alien town, and he that. bumps into that guy and like his like transformer thing shifts and you can see that he's like basically like a cool version of Alien Metron or whatever. Yes. Like I was super into that. I was like, now that's the kind of like fan service again we didn't get in the Godzilla movies. Agreed. You know? There was none of that connection. So that's one of the things that we were talking about earlier is like how cool those 
like connections are like with mm-hmm. the um the alien who was taking care of um Ultraman Ace. Yapool. Yapool yeah. being originally a bad guy in the first series or an ace, he was a bad guy. And then in this, he's like his caretaker. I was like, oh, I love these little like these <laughs> nods and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's I wish I knew so, as much as I could about Ultraman. But so I can only even touch on those little Easter eggs as yeah. much as I know. Like, Same. obviously, you know, Hayata was the original Ultraman and all of the Science Patrol people. Ide is the only one who's still showing up for the Science Patrol in this new thing. And then you've got... Ultraman 7, the hero of Ultraman 7 was Dan Muraboshi. Ultra 7 was kind of a little more of a badass. This Ultra 7 is he's definitely so a cool. crazy badass. At first I was like, wow, he's like megalomaniacal or something. Like, I didn't, oh, he's a jerk too. I thought he was just really annoying to listen to him. Like his Japanese voice is very like staccato and stern and deep. And yes. So it's like, oh, wow, is he like sounds angry even when he's just like on screen do you want to hear the first i think what was the catalyst for me changing from the english dub to the japanese was was dan moroboshi in the series oh yeah when reina and uh and shinjiro are in the museum and all of a sudden shinjiro's (laughs) like i feel malice he's like he's overcome with this wave of feeling and all of a sudden I was going like, what is happening here? <laughs> and then Dan Moroboshi is glaring at him and sending telepathic thoughts or something. Yeah. I couldn't really figure that out. I don't know if that's an actual power that the, the Ultramen have or whatever, but I was very confused. And then I was like, I have to see what how they did this in the Japanese version. It's crazy in the Japanese And it's the version. same. It's basically, it's the same. I think that what that was, okay. <laughs> I wrote about this actually because I was like I wrote this down earlier. Okay. Um, I thought that was him, not really like telepathically talking to him, but just giving him the the look, the like, dude, bro, no, no. <laughs> but it was Stop. so. It was like Shinjiro could understand his words. Well, he could feel the menace. But there were actual words happening. I know. I, don't, I mean, that's I don't the... know if it was telepathic though. To me, yeah. it was just really like, that was very bro. It was so weird. It was, <laughs> it was so weird. And very like left of who Moroboshi has been the whole time. No, it was super aggressive, dude. Did you think so? I oh thought my it just God. Like That's he why he like... said it was like, it felt like malice. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's, if you don't recall, Moroboshi is basically like, if you get close to that girl just because you want some action <laughs> and you tell her something, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It was aggressive, Gretchen. It's true. <laughs> I mean, not that it wasn't warranted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm just trying to make more Boshi better because I'm like, he's ultra seven. Like, he's... He's just a jerk. I mean, yeah. it, but the thing is, he owns it. Right. He's like, I am a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he... I got a little tired of him, like, constantly berating Yes. Shinjiro. But overall... And I got tired of Shinjiro's, like, one of the things that's really, like, cliche in animes is, like, your main character, before he, like, powers up and gets mm-hmm. his, his, um like, his leveling up, he has to go through these trials, right? He has to have emotional trials. Oh, okay. And he had the trial of, like, dealing with his, like, being a teenager and having his dad getting hurt and then 
you know, like you see him going through all these changes as he's like uh, embracing his Ultraman aspects. Okay. He seemed to embrace the jumping thing pretty quickly. But yeah, he already knew how to jump. Which like, was weird. When we, like, well, when we cut to him being, you know, a teenager, he right. he was like, I already have these abilities. I'm just going to everybody. Keep them secret. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And he wouldn't like, hey, like volunteering that information. But yeah. Yeah. He so, was he was being like that's that's how Clark Kent was sort of right and same with Peter too yeah 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 totally man alive see I'm this is what I'm saying like they basically took the superhero aspect of Ultraman which was not why I watched Ultraman right I watched Ultraman for the giant monster stuff same. but they took the yeah. superhero aspect and they said this is what we're focusing on and it works it I does guess I work. got so focused on like the uh, the the Men in Black storyline that I just that kind of I just that was just a wash. I didn't notice it. Well, if you listen back to this episode, we're going to play the actual like hero track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because every time I hear that, I know I heard it a million times in the actual anime. I'm sitting there going like, what Marvel movie is playing in the background right now? Because it's <laughs> it sounds like something from the Avengers or something wow. from Captain America or something. You know, it's like it's so evocative of that. Seriously. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, it's not just the music. It's the it's everything. Yeah. This, uh, this whole series, it just really, it just says to me that they are paying attention to who they want their audience to be. Well, those are the people that are bringing money to the, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Although it's weird, right? We mentioned that uh, we don't know the information behind like how popular this was or how well it did for Netflix or how much yeah. they paid for it. I am just really intrigued about that kind of information about Netflix in general, like, hey, how are these anime properties working out for you, Netflix? Well, how is this? Well, they're doing a lot of them, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you go to see all of the Netflix original programming. Gosh, there's so many animes. It's like, it's crazy. Go, there's Castlevania, there's, I mean. It, Devil, yeah, I mentioned Devil Man, yeah. Devil Man Crybaby earlier yeah. and the Godzilla anime. I mean, that's just like, that's like the first quarter of them. Really there's Kuma. more. Yes, yes. Although anime, eh, stop motion. Stop motion. Cute as hell. If you right. haven't seen Rilakkuma, Kawaii-des. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, super cute. Uh, but really, I mean, this I I think both of us could say that there were things we didn't like about this show, but overall, we really did like it. I liked. I thought it, I liked the violence of it. I thought it was good and dark. And let's talk about that for a second. Like one of the things that I had mentioned was that the English dub was <laughs> more I PG. Didn't know. <laughs> and then. Like, so when I started, when I switched it over to the Japanese, I was like, whoa, they're dropping F-bombs. Whoa, it's more, it's actually more aggressive, (laughs) like verbally aggressive. (laughs) And so that was interesting to me. Yeah. And it seems like probably a smart move if they ever wanted to get this, like, (gasps) put on TV or something like that, you know? It's like the Deadpool Christmas special one, like where they did the PG-13 Deadpool 2 movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. Good. (laughs) Me either, but but it's the same principle, right? Like maybe. Sure. I well, I what I guess I would say is like maybe Netflix said that you know we want more kids to be coming to this, so we're gonna oh. tone it down. But they only toned it down a little bit. It's not like they cut out any of the blood. No, not the. No, no, it's all still there. Yeah. Cicada, a Yeah, yeah. Cicada, cicada man backwards. Cicada whatever man that backwards. Is. Acidic, a dickic, I don't know, whatever. I can't. It doesn't matter because we are probably never going to see him again. No. He's pretty dead. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, what is up with the removal of the left arm? 
every single it's like Star Wars having their <laughs> thing where it's like, oh, we got to cut off somebody's hand. Seriously, Shinjiro blows off like almost everybody's left arm gets, gets removed first. Maybe he's like it's <laughs> his position because he's, he's right handed <laughs> when he does his specium ray it's just automatically going to hit the left arm right he just goes left <laughs> leans a little to the left <laughs> anyway the deal with uh the removal of the arms wasn't something that i even caught until my second viewing yeah. i was like it's i feel like there are at least three aliens that get their arms cut or off or something cut off like no it's heads. it's a straight up arm cut it's off now there arms. definitely are the, the ultraman trope of cutting kaiju and monsters in half i love that beheading them slicing them like directly slicing them in half somebody de- that definitely happens to somebody in this, this show that, for sure doesn't ace do it ace is pretty violent though yeah he is yeah if you are completely lost by what we're talking about you know the the deal is you get three ultramen Essentially, in the show, you get Ultraman, Ultra 7, and Ultraman Ace. Then there's also Jack. And Jack is, a, as we know, Ultraman Jack is a thing. But he doesn't actually do anything ultra. He's just super powerful. Ultraman. That blonde guy? That's, that's yeah. Ultraman Jack? Yeah, that's uh, that's oh, got to be Ultraman lame. Jack. Well, the deal is he's got a bracelet. Yeah. And oh, he was wearing a bracelet. He, yeah, he's got a bracelet. Yeah, that's what it's. Oh. So that's. Plus, he beats a kaiju in the ring. I just figured he was super powerful. Like yeah. he was. I think he was. I knew he was an alien. Of some they sort. say no, no. They say he's one hundred percent human. Yeah. So like, they are full of lies. <laughs> it's just a plot device to trick you, Gretchen. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see where they go with this for sure. Because uh, you had a theory about what they're going to do with Ultraman Ace. Is it too early for my theory? Well. Yes, it's a little too early. We got to set up that. Yeah. So basically, we were talking earlier today about this show and the hopes for a future series. And Gretchen reminded me about the ending of the show because there's a big battle. And at the very end of the battle, Ace, who we know basically has no arms and no legs. He's got these prosthetic limbs and he's always fighting for Yuko. He's always talking about Yuko. Now, Ultraman Ace from the 70s, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's the mid-70s. Ultraman Ace is essentially two human characters and an ultra character. Yeah, he's the um, the gentleness, um, the fairness of a woman, and then the fighting spirit of a man. Interesting. And so you were telling me your theory about what would happen in the next series. Well, it's it's a hot take. Hot take. What's your hot take? My hot take? Wait, wait. This is the first time we've employed hot take. Hashtag hot take from the KaijuCast. <laughs> Hashtag KaijuCast hot take. There you go. No, we don't do that. Anyway, the, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, is your, what is your take? So that Bemular mm-hmm. is actually the original Ultraman and that he is going to fuse with Ace and Yuko because I think that maybe um, Yuko may actually already be a part of Ace. In some form, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he keeps just kind of talking about her, keeps kind of relating back to her. 
Yeah. And I feel like there's something happened to her. They've got to save Yuko. Right. Like, and I feel like maybe there's some aspect of her mm-hmm. that he's got or protecting or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to be, he's going, that's going to so be. So we're going to learn what that all is. Right. And yeah. I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the Ultraman ace as a whole. Yeah. I like your theory. Yeah. Yeah. That, that because the Benular original is so... Ultraman is going to become the Ultraman portion of Ultraman ace. That's cool. Yeah. Because Vemular is so what? He's so, um, at first you're like, your first introduction to Vemular is he stabs Hayata through the chest and he's like, puts a big hole in him. And so we're like, oh, we don't trust him. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's established a, as the he's bad a, guy. He's a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. And then you start to realize that he was actually trying to save the plane that had Ace on the plane and that there's actually this big conspiracy. And so I've, I'm kind of feeling like, the reason there he has a reasoning he may be the original Ultraman. Okay, it's because, a good theory. I think the only the only counter to that would be like, well, geez, <laughs> why did he just like literally run Hayata through in the first episode? I think because Hayata didn't remember who he was. I mean, like, so Hayata was fighting him. Hmm. Well, it's an interesting theory, and Hayata's I'm, I'm interested to see back. how it goes because. I mean, with the with this series, the way they've been moving the characters along, like that could totally be the case. That's just my. There could be a reason. Hot there's, take. A, there's another hot take. Hey, how about uh, how about this? Bamular, actually, Godzilla in disguise. What? <laughs> that doesn't work actually because it should have GRS in the show. Yeah. And then I then anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. That joke I'm, just okay, doesn't I, work. I figured out what you're putting down. I, I figured out <laughs> that's the only way you're setting that in. Yeah, I said in that all right. <laughs> anyway, Jokes. oh man, there's really like the, I took notes on every single episode. The series does a pretty good job of Okay, so as someone who's a noob to Ultraman, because I still consider myself an ultra noob, that's something we can trademark, maybe hashtag that. Anyway, the uh, the this series does a good job of not making me question too many things. Like, oh, what's that in the original series? Oh, what's that in the original series? Oh, what's their relationship? It's mm. It definitely keeps me focused on the current series, you know, the one that they're in right now. That's and I, then I like always kind of like go... At the end of the episode, I'll be like, who is that? Like, I want to go look up who that character was. That's like how I found out about Yapool. Because most of these er- <laughs> most of these aliens look similar but different from their original mm. forms. I was confused by Bemular. I was like, what? Yeah, he's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Actually, Bemular looks super cool. He's cool looking, but he's like, he is basically ultra, what is it? Um, Iron Man, the silver Iron Man. <laughs> he's the silver Iron Man. <laughs> He kind of looks like the Ultraman suit. Right? Basically, he looks like a, a little more spiky version of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool look. But he's I would not say, the same not... monster that was from the original series. Named definitely Bemular. not. Yeah. That definitely was... not the same right? monster. Although I do want to, uh, uh, before you leave today, I want to show you the manga again because to show you like the the shot where his uh, armor's been blasted off and you can sort of see that there's a monstery face underneath. Maybe it's yeah. that. Like a stylized version of that original Maybe, Bemular. maybe. I really like the designs of all the characters in this show. Yeah. Like even the... Even um, Adad? Even Adad. I mean, Adad is uh, not nearly as cool to me as the original Dada, but still pretty cool looking. And like I said, I think they spent a lot more time animating him. I loved his <laughs> eating that gnarly looking Oh, bug. yeah, the bug. Except, <laughs> okay, so weeb alert... 
Here's a complaint I have about the about the show. He was calling it yakitori. Yeah. Which yakitori for those who don't know is the chicken grilled on a stick. And to be super anal about it, <laughs> yaki means grilled, tori means chicken. Tori's chicken. Yeah, and for so for him to keep funny. calling it yakitori and then for there not to be even be like sticks. <laughs> In it, I was like, "This why? Why is he calling it yakitori? Should it just be yakiniku or something like that?" I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was one of those things really that, funny. like, I was watching it with Lady Kyle, and that happened. And I'm like, "I'm not going to complain about this in front of her because I'll sound crazy. I'll just do it on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it's, it's that gnarly bug. Yeah, it's a big curled bug with no sticks attached to it. No, not yakitori. Ad ad. Nice try, though. Also, I loved that his, um, well, when I when I was texting you about it, and I, I'm sure you remember this text that I text you, was like, Dada's mean. Yeah, Dada, <laughs> Dada is mean. And I think that's one of the reasons that I didn't really like his his turn from being what we thought we, he was a villain to sort of being not not a good guy, but less of a villain. I was like, yeah. but he murdered the hell out of that guy in, front of, in front of all of those people. Like, you will not be able to convince me that he's good in any form. So I'm having trouble understanding. So are people comfortable with the notion of aliens in this universe? No, not they don't think aliens exist so until because that's one of the things that they're doing is they're trying to suppress the information about aliens. Right. That's why they have the town and all that. stuff. And so when that confrontation happens, yeah, they're like, it's time. And that's I think that is actually when the star, you know, star cluster council or the alien alliance council basically saw this happening and said, okay, it's time to blow the roof off this. Yeah. And that's when they're like, it's time to let everybody know that we're here. Uh-oh. So, and the SSSP is trying to suppress that is like... But they're not anymore. Yeah. Because sure. what happened is like Ide and Edo were... Well, that's weird to say together. Isn't but it? they were... All right, this is it. This is where we open it up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's interesting, but nobody seems to be super freaked out about it, which yeah, is cool. Yeah, I figured they would be kind of traumatized when, like, the kaiju-type kaiju creatures are rampaging through the town. There's, oh, but it's not like you don't see it on the news. It's not. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because yeah. there's a really cool aspect of that storytelling where this monster is on the loose, and because... Nobody knows how dangerous it is. Everybody's like, oh, cool. I'm just going to put my phone out, you know, and they mentioned that in the episode. They're like, people don't know the danger they're in. Ah. Yeah. It's a weird little thing. I, I just remembered. I just liked about the that show. Who's your favorite character? Ado. Ado. That's my favorite. Ado's pretty awesome. I got to say, Ado's definitely the most entertaining character. He is. Uh, design wise, though, I have to say Bemuller. Bemuller's got a really cool design. I unfortunately I don't think of it as Bemuller. I almost want to see some other character inside of that armor. Maybe it's Ultraman, <laughs> Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, his design is super cool. And you know the other, like I said, the other aliens that sort of show up briefly. Like mm -hmm. I love the nods to the old show, so it's kind of cool to see that stuff. But yeah, my favorite. Favorite is definitely design-wise Bemuller. Going back to the Ultraman, like in general, the, do you think that each of the three Ultraman represent different aspects? Like Moriboshi is definitely like 
the human, like thoroughly through and through. Whereas Shinjiro is affected by the ultra gene that he picked up from being the, the child of... Wait, is Moroboshi 100% human? I assumed. I think Moroboshi probably also has that ultra factor thing that they're talking you about. You think so? Dude, there's no way that he would have been able to beat Ace if he didn't have that kind of extra strength or the... Well, I, mean, I figured that was his suit. suit. Hmm, interesting. Because... If that's the case, I kind of missed it the first time through. But yeah, I mm-hmm. can see what you're talking about. And then the kid, I mean, with um, with Shinjiro, he's got those genes. And he's like less... He, he's not human in some ways. Like he is... He's not thoroughly human. Sure, because he's got the Ultra Factor. The Ultra Factor is from aliens. Right. Yes. And then we have um, Ace. Ace here. Seiji. Seiji, who has... who is, Now, Seiji is has a damaged. weird... So the thing is, we don't know everything about Seiji. Right. And they're, I think they're specifically keeping some of that a mystery because part of that mystery propels the ending of this series. It's actually, yeah. you know, what's funny is there's 13 episodes. August mentioned that... That's how the Japanese do things, like 13-episode series. So the very first Ultraman series with 39 episodes, this sure. is 13. So there could be more in the series if they wanted to continue it anyway. I'm getting off topic. Originally, I thought there were only 10 episodes. Oh. And then I was like, oh, no, there's an extra three here. And you can almost see that they're wrapping up one storyline. And it, it almost felt like they were like, oh, we have more episodes to do? Oh. Like, I feel like uh, they kind of closed the chapter on like. Um, Raina. On Raina. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. she's like, she's taken off like easily. She's like, well, she's going to go live in New York. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Okay. So moving on from her. So we're probably moving away from her dad, too. So I'm guessing that's probably. We're dropping the that storyline. That storyline of Shinjiro becoming Ultraman, like that's going to be done, and then it's going to be about Ultra Seven and Ace coming down the coming down the stories. Maybe, but you know the thing with the uh, with Reina's dad. You know, the, he's a detective, right? And they were already investigating these murders. Like, does that's that right. investigation just go away? Do they well, the men do in they black pick that up? Make them, they, do they start working for the SSSP? What? Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, these are these are the important questions that we're asking ourselves, just because we enjoyed the show. Yeah, I mean, the show is definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it, and if you've listened to us talk about it for this long and have not seen the uh, the show. Uh, <laughs> sorry that we spoiled so much for you, but hopefully, we talked about so much that it won't actually spoil things for you, we and that you can go in and check out the actual story as it progresses. Uh, 13 episodes, totally, like, totally entertaining. Good music, good writing, good animation in the fighting. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, the, the, that's my biggest takeaway for, I guess, is like, I thought this series was really, really the best anime thing I've seen from this resurgence of anime. I don't. Mm, Crybaby is pretty damn good, though. I don't like this new um, CGI-based anime. I will. I will completely say that. Absolutely, definitely, it takes a big, giant chunk of that A plus grade. I would give it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's annoying. It. I it's really hate really seeing the insides valley. of people's mouths. Yeah. It's like, dude, that should not be. Somebody is being lazy. Yeah. There, but the. If you're talking to me, I can see the inside of your mouth, but only a little bit. 
Right. You can see the full inside of people's mouths in they, this show. They open like wide when they talk. Like they, there's no light involved there. Yeah. They do need to darken it up somehow, you know. And, uh, you know, that there and are hair. times, there are hair times where it just looks those. like it's from a PS3 game. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm with you. There's a, specifically, there's a scene where Reina is leaving, right? And so she's left and Shinjiro is trying to catch up with her. And I was just like, man, they just bought the entire pack of Japanese modeled characters from the video games to to populate the street. Oh, definitely. Oh, hey, speaking of things that they bought and and used over and over again, I was getting really tired of seeing Shibuya destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, are we still here? We're having another fight in the in the Hachiko Square here. Come on. (laughs) I thought it looked like the video game. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It uh, the uh, the city surrounded in shadow. Right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Just like that. It totally reminds me because you keep me of that. running through that same section for a while when you first start off the game. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that is my biggest complaint about this series is just Except the animation. Big. What's that? Except that Ultraman gets big. But I, I would love to see that. You know, I would love to see Ultraman get I big. I feel like Ace is going to do it. And that would be great. But I don't feel like that took away from the series I mentioned earlier. Yeah. It still was enjoyable to me, even though I was like five episodes in, like, when the hell is this guy going to get big? The answer is never. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> but honestly, like if they if they decide to go big in the season two, that's fine. But if they decide to stay the course and do the same thing they're doing right now, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I just would like them to get off these um, modeled uh, computer generated models that are just like, um, unfortunately, there's like a handful of anime that all use them Mm -hmm. and kind of started with like Robbie. And then like um, it was like the land of lustrous. And there was quite a few of those that were very like had this look to them yeah, and like hyper stylized, but then also like CGI'd. And it's painful like to watch these jaggedy like movements and stuff. It, It takes me out of the story. Yeah, it definitely. Even it though, definitely takes me out of the story enough to be like, oh, God, animation. Right. Yeah. And enough that I have to stop it and watch something else and then come back to it kind of thing. And that's what happened to me Well, because I had to for the film festival. But <laughs> <laughs> when I was taking breaks from both of those things, yeah, I would watch something that was like if I was watching anime, I'd watch more like hand drawn um, uh-huh. or if they're using computer animation, it's not as heavy handed. So yes, I would even be totally. okay if they did like. 2D animation for everything else and then switch to the CGI for the fights. Like that would be even like cool. I wouldn't, that wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. That's kind of what they did in Mazinger Z Infinity. Yes, they did. And that worked really well. I agree. And I think it brought like that cartoony aspect to that. But we're supposed to have a more serious, this is supposed to look like um, more stylized. Yeah. I don't know. I I felt like this was, it looked less stylized in general. It looked very generic until the suits came on. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And seriously, once those suits come on, I have no complaints about this show because it's really interesting. I have no complaints about the way that, like, people I've heard complain about this design of Ultraman. They're like, it looks like Iron Man. It does. Dude, first up, you are not the audience for this show. Right. You know, they didn't design this for you. But it does. But I mean, but they designed this for people who are get they want to get into it now. Right. right. They want to, to hook somebody who's like, ooh, that looks cool. And I think the new Ultraman looks cool. I think I would actually really like to have the set of Ultraman, Ultra 7 and Ultraman Ace and Bemular. 
yeah. from this. Just as a trio. I know they make them for like the super hyperposable figures. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, I might get one eventually. They're actually really not that expensive. I think they're only about 40 to 50 bucks a piece in oh, Japan. Like the same with the, the like Evangelion ones. Yeah. It might even be the exact same company making them. Who knows? Bandai does everything. But overall, I'd say this series really worked for me, despite the fact that nobody got big. Yeah. I liked the adultness. Um, that was great. There was no Kenny's. There were no Kennys. That's true. I mean, the, the only Kenny wasn't really a Kenny. Oh man, what a jerk that little kid is! Right? I couldn't believe he blackmailed people like that. Killing Yakuza, he's just like gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's so gangster. He's like morally bankrupt. Yes, he was totally morally bankrupt. Yes. So you get Shinjiro wrestling with his <laughs> self. He's very you emotional. You get Moroboshi, who's just always a jerk. Right. <laughs> And you get Seiji, who is a psychopath. Right. <laughs> you know, a sociopath? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Megalomaniacal. Something. He's all probably checks all three of those boxes. Yeah. Well, if you had no limbs and <laughs> you yeah. were in a plane wreck and <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, so how would you rate this series? <laughs> it's like eight schwa out of ten. Schwa. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, I probably would also give this like a seven to eight out of ten just because it hits like a lot of the complaints. This is funny. I've been sort of saying this with other properties, right? A lot of the complaints that we had about the Godzilla anime are sort of rectified in this. You know, you get a much better, uh, you get much better fan service. You get much better writing and characters. Yes. Plus, even though the animation is similar, it excels in better areas you know what i mean like better use yeah so like where yes both the godzilla anime and the ultraman anime have these 3d cgi animations that can be annoying while the godzilla anime had more interesting human animations yes the ultraman anime had much more generic playstation like animations that fighting man it just their clothes changed did they? Yes. I like mean, people change outfits continually throughout the okay. whole thing, except uh, for like Jack. But I guess that's something I don't really notice. Well, because that was something we complained about with the Godzilla one is that the armor continued to be armor and continued to have the same like. Oh, yeah. Everybody's dressed the same. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it was yeah, like yeah, cheap. Yeah. Whereas yes. this is like Raina puts a hat on one day. One day she's wearing glasses. One day she's wearing a hat with glasses. Yeah. Let's not talk about her disguise and how that was. That's a, that's that an anime a, trope. That's all that is. Was that what it was? Because I thought is. it was actually a nod to the whole like superhero disguise wearing Maybe, glasses. But, but and I, I didn't think it worked very well. It's totally this. an anime trope. The idea of an idol in general oh, is okay. always like a trope. Like the, the romance between Shinjiro and Reina, like is totally an anime trope. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm, okay. All right. Well, uh, overall, yeah. would you suggest this to an Ultraman newbie? Sure. And then... that's what this is aimed at. You're absolutely right. This is aimed at... Yeah, you don't need to know anything. No, no. This is... The only reason why it's kind of cool for us is because we actually know a few things. Mm-hmm. And so we go, oh my God, so this is like on this, and this was from this one. Yeah. Yeah, Ermagerd. Ermagerd. Ermagerd, it's Zeton. <laughs> uh, and then last question for you. 
I already know the answer. You're looking forward to the next series, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, me too. I mean, I definitely have enjoyed what we've seen so far. And uh, on the Kaiju Core Facebook group, we were talking about the Ultraman anime. I was just sort of asking people if they liked it. I asked about the manga and uh, what people thought about the series and if it was, you know, being true to the manga or if it was going out on its own. And basically, people said that it was pretty true to the manga. And from episode one through episode 13 of the anime, Mm -hmm. that is covered in volume one through volume eight of the manga. Now, the manga goes all the way uh, to 13, I believe, in terms of the manga, but it has not continued past the 13th volume. Hmm. So I'm not sure how far this story already has to go or if they're still continuing it. They might be continuing the manga. I just haven't been keeping my finger on that pulse. Mm. I agree, though. I would love to see this continue into a second series because I really want to see what they do with it with like some of what we were talking about, some of those loose ends that they left open for us. Final thoughts you want to release into the wild on the Ultraman anime? No, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, honestly, I, I would say that I was overall pleasantly surprised and it was interesting, compelling storytelling and the fight scenes were fantastic. And I enjoyed the little knots and the little love letters to, oh, that's what I forgot to mention. Okay. Was there was a moment when they were fighting the bounty hunters. At the end? Yeah. Okay. And then like... Walking by Alante, um, grabbed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grabbed the two ultra, grabbed the ultra brothers, and I was like, "Oh no, ultra brothers! What's going to happen?" Well, look at that. It was like a love letter to that crucifixion scene. Yeah, uh, that was funny because I, as soon as their arms went up in that pose, I knew exactly what yes, they were doing. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Walking by Alante. <laughs> <laughs> All I don't right. know what that one's called. Angry uh, what Ivy he's Sword. called? Well, he's got <laughs> Ivy Sword. He's got a real name. That is Alien Nepenthes, which wow. I don't know uh, if that was designed specifically for the show or not. But yeah. yes, he did look like a little Bulbasaur <laughs> backpack. <laughs> he was really angry. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were like telling me about. He's like giving off Biolante vibes. <laughs> 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 oh, and I also really liked the Japanese voice actor for the um, main uh, bounty hunter. I don't oh, know who it uh, was. Ace Killer? Yeah. Is the, is Ace the name Killer, of yes. Yeah, Ace Killer is the name His of the bounty Japanese hunter. His Japanese yeah. voice actor was amazing. Oh, cool. Like, he felt like I was listening to... His voice vocally had this kind of really cool quality to it. Nice. That sounded like a, like like you're listening to like a Yakuza gangster talk. But it was so smooth and he was like really charismatic. And I was Mm. like, this is, he was an impressive character. I'm I'm sorry. I forgot to mention him earlier. He's got a cool design too. looks very different than the ace killer that came out. I'm guessing in Ultraman ace. Yeah. Overall, my final thoughts on the Ultraman anime is dude, you should watch it. I mean, it's a bummer that they don't have the Kaiju stuff. So I think you should know that going into it, that, you know, don't expect giant monsters. It's a compelling story. It's a modernized story. And it still takes into consideration so much of the original series. There's a lot of love. Both in the actual story elements and in nods to like what's happened in the past. You know, what's happened in the history of Ultraman. 
Now, I think that's going to do it for our discussion here. Once again, please don't forget to pre-order your 10th anniversary KaijuCast t-shirts. The link, of course, will be in the show notes. The poster is also still available, so go out and get that as well, please. If I didn't mention this before, the pre-order lasts until the end of this month, and then the shirts will be in production, and we'll ship them out in June. And we're going to keep running these awesome shirt designs over the next several months. This is, of course, the T-shirt of the month project that I was talking about months ago. Now, don't worry if you can't get the shirts during the pre-order process, because we will be having those T-shirts for sale at G-Fest when we table in the dealer's room. Uh, let's talk about some other catastrophic events, though. Here in Portland on Tuesday, May 21st at 7 p.m., I will be joining Jeff Dean, Clancy Peterson, and the rest of the Portland Horror Trivia Massacre to test the audience's Godzilla knowledge. We might be giving away some kaiju awesomeness along with the prizes, so I'll have a link in the show notes to the trivia night. Make sure you check that out if you're local. Now, if you're on the other side of the country, preferably in the Philadelphia area, on May 28th, the Philomoka is hosting their Tokusatsu Tuesday May edition, and that is actually going to be programmed or curated by Michael Cherkowski from Vampire Robots. I will have a link in the show notes, of course, to the Facebook event, so you can check that out if you're in the area. Moving right along, though, the last catastrophic event for May to bring up is that on the 31st through June 1st, Richmond Galaxy Con and celebrity icons are bringing Gamera vs. Beerus actor Carl Craig to the convention. I'll have a link in the show notes so you can get tickets to that. I don't have anything going on in June, but July 5th through the 7th, the Days of the Dead convention and Japan Legends have teamed up to bring Godzilla suit actor Kenpachiro Satsuma to Indianapolis, Indiana. I'll have a link in the show notes to that convention. From July 12th through the 14th, Chicago will be hosting a huge throng of kaiju fans and kaiju celebrities at G-Fest. We'll be talking about that quite a bit more in the months to come. So I'll go ahead and move along to August 16th through the 18th. Celebrity icons and Japan world heroes are bringing Tsutomo Kirigawa and Shinji Nishikawa to the convention in Pasadena, California. I actually was at that convention two years ago. It was pretty fun. Not only will they be there, but the full lineup can be found on their website, which includes Ryuji Seine, Dore Krause, TJ Storm, Alex Maxson, Richard Dorton, Jason Lyles, Linda Miller, Michi Yamato, Fujiyama Ichiban, Shinji Nishikawa, Sunny Seki, Carl Craig, Garage Hero, and Matt Frank. Huge lineup this year. Sorry I'm going to miss it. At the end of the month, from August 30th through September 1st, Celebrity Icons is working with the Days of the Dead Louisville, Kentucky convention to bring Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra suit actor Mizuho Yoshida to the convention. I'll have a link in the show notes to all of these shows going on, and you know, we'll be talking about more of them in the coming months. Now, that's all about in the future. It's May right now, so we got to shift focus back to Godzilla King of the Monsters. We're currently looking for a theater here in Portland to do something cool at. So keep your eye on the Kaiju Core Facebook group page and the KaijuCast Facebook page. That's where I'll pretty much be doing the majority of my announcements on this stuff. And I'm hoping we can get even more Godzilla King of the Monsters events happening here in Portland. Anyway, we'll find out more about Godzilla King of the Monsters later this month. And of course, that will be our Daikaiju discussion, but not until June. And I think what we're going to do is close this episode out with the hero battle theme from Ultraman. Ooh, yeah. So you can hear what I'm talking about in terms of the Marvel influence. <laughs> we will see you for the next episode. Jamata. Jamata.